so good to have you here. We are busy in a series called Jesus, Opposite Attracts. And what we have been doing is just going through different parts of the gospel and looking at character traits that we see in Jesus that will help us grow because everybody knows we aren't perfect, we are in a process. It's about becoming more like Jesus. Have you ever heard, there's always these jokes, it's like when Jesus was growing up, his mom would look at his other brothers and go, why can't you be like Jesus? And, and I, I believe that is what is happening with us at this moment. It's not why can't you become, it is how are you becoming more like Jesus? Because that is what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to become what he wants us to become. And so in that, we mimic who he is, we portray, we reflect, and in that, we grow into who he wants us to be. So we've been looking at this whole series at Opposite Attracts, uh, because we believe that as a church, as a people, we want to be different, to attract people that are far from God, and introduce ordinary people to an extraordinary God. And so today, we are going to be in the book of Luke. So if you have your Bible, if you have a phone, um, if you don't have anything, if you were those guys that said, I trust Milo, <laughs> and he's not going to lie to us, <laughs> I didn't bring my Bible, so we're going to have it up on screen. So um, for those who do have those Jesus people that brought their Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 15, and we're going to be reading from verse 25. This is what it says, meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. Who's the youngest of you? Who has older siblings? Hmm. Hmm. Who, who is the youngest in the family? How many of you believe that the olders are always unfair? I know my sisters are watching. We love you. But in any case, let's go. So the oldest son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Now, that's how you throw a party. You come to church. I, I've got to tell you, my kid, we, uh, uh, so, so my children grew up in church. And uh, we were in a reasonably large church at the time. So whenever we went out during the week, it was for a, um, a ministry event. And one day, my, my youngest son was watching TV, and there was a concert on. I think it was Justin Bieber or something like that. And he asks me, what church is that? And I'm like, yes, you're raising your kid right. I'm like, I don't know, my boy. I have no idea. Because he, he, he associates crowds with church. So, I mean, come on. That Side note, let's get back to um, doing Jesus stuff. So, he called one of the servants, verse 26, and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has made a spit bribe because he has him back safe and sound. What time is it? It's time for lunch. <laughs> the older brother became angry. Who gets angry at food? Free food. Who wants free food? Who's, in, who's willing to invite me for free food? Wow, thank you. It's like, I saw those hands drop. Wow. Guys, pray for my church. These guys, we're working on them having a generous heart. But as we say, we're becoming. So the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. 
I want you to, to note something there. The father went after his son and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son, he doesn't even acknowledge that that is his brother, I mean like this guy of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come on, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. It was lost and is found. So today, I want to take a few minutes as we continue in our Jesus series. I want to talk to you from this title, Let's Talk. It's all we want to do, let's talk. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, with hearts open, I pray that you would speak to us, that you change us from the inside out, that you build us up, you restore us, and you'd encourage us through your word. Thank you that we get to come to you and ask you, do what you do, Lord Jesus. Bring change. We ask this in your name. Amen. Um, so, contrary to what most people believe, I don't like talking much. <laughs> I heard someone, like, change gears there on a turbocharged car. And, psh, and uh, we live in a very fast-paced world. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I spoke to you, and I'm like, we don't even, it, it's very hard because we don't even know our neighbors. So, um, how often do you talk to strange people? No, no, no. So this past week, um, our life group had a bri, a get together, because we are becoming like Jesus, and he always met around a meal, right? And so we decided we're going to have a bri. And I'm into this thing of like, I've got to try how to make a fish dish. So I'm like, I'm a bri fish. And so one of the guys in our, um, in, in our life group goes, Milo, get an angel fish. I'm like, yeah, straight from heaven. And... Uh, Really bad joke. I'm so really sorry, <laughs> but we we go. I, I go to we, my wife and I. We end up going to um, Willow Bridge. Is what that place called? Food Lovers Market. And I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to stop at this the fishery side of it. And I'm like, I want that one. And I did that, but I couldn't. I was in a line, and there was all these people in front of us. But now they're all buying fish, and so me, I'm standing there, and no one is talking. There's a lot of people, and everybody's standing there. And the shy one, I go, so what are you getting? And the guy's like, I'm getting yellowtail. I'm like, ooh, that's nice. What are you going to do with it? I'm make pickle fish. I'm like, oh, here's my cell phone number. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I engage in a conversation with him. And I'm like, okay, so how do you prep it? He's like, I don't know. I buy it. The wife does it. And it's divine. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And, and so i like, how much are you getting? No, we're getting two. And we have this conversation. And, and there was this, it was a big wormy. 
and he was standing there, and then we just had a chat, and while they were busy cutting the fish, filleting the fish, filleting the fish, I don't know, mocking do it, and it was a whole fish, guys. They gave him the heads as well. It was like my kind of fish, Bri. I was like, I wouldn't know what to do with a head, but I want it. Doesn't it just look inviting? No. Wow, okay. But then I see they give it to the lady next to him. I go, wait, 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 I'm talking to the wrong one. There's a tummy. I go, I go around him. I'm like, hey, I see you got yellowtail. What are you going to do with it? Thinking that they're going to bry it. It's like, no, we're going to make pickle fish. I'm like, I know. These are my people. And my wife is not there, but I have a conversation with her. And I go, so how do you make the pickle fish? And she goes, no, you're going to have to ask my mom. I'm like, okay, what time? She's like, oh, no, there she is. And I'm like, hey, mom, how's it going? And we have a conversation about pickle fish. And then they're like, no, you just throw your spices. I'm like, what spices? It's like, oh, no, you know, this and that. No, I don't know. But that's why I'm asking. And we have a conversation. And it turns out that we just ended up laughing. And they got their fish. He got their fish. And the guy comes to me. I'm like, I want this fish. And then another lady comes and stands next to me. And I go, what's the chances that this is going to be yellowtail? And I go, so what are you getting? And she looks at me. I thought she was going to let me at that moment. And she goes, yellowtail. I'm like, are you making pickle fish? She's like, yes. I'm like, what do you use? How do you make it? It's like, it's, it's all about letting it sit, man. And like, this woman, she was like, she, she, she was hard. But then we started talking about what she liked. And then while I was chatting, this guy that I spoke to the first time, he did his shopping and he came back to me and he's like, I really hope you enjoy your fish. I'm like, I know, like phone me when your wife makes a pickle fish, I'll be there. And, and we get to the till and there's this other couple, the mom, her kids, and the grandmom, and they go, bye, I hope you have a wonderful bri. I'm like, I hope you enjoy your pickle fish without me. And, and, and we all just laugh and, and we go. But we need to have conversations. And that is what I was trying to do. And so that we can just get into people's spaces and chat to them. Because this is what we see as we go through this Jesus series, that everywhere Jesus went, he had conversations. It doesn't matter where he went, who he met, he was always having conversations. We had a look this past um, couple of weeks that um, he had a conversation, um, firstly, with the lady that was sinning. And then we moved on to, um, who did we have? To, to, uh, so so the, the, the lady that was sinning, the man that was cheating, everybody. The father that was hurting, Ali brought that in, to the woman that needed healing. And then the disciples who were fearing for their lives. And instead of him going, you know what, you guys suck. He goes, let's talk. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about where we are at this moment. Let's talk about what you are doing. And as I was going through this portion of scripture, I believe that we need to have conversations. You see, because Jesus goes from, before we get to this thing, this passage that we read, Jesus is actually talking about three stories. He's using it 
to teach people about why he is here on earth. This is really a message, a conversation that he's having to tell people, this is why I'm here. So he has conversations with him. We need to learn how to have conversations. I keep asking people, hey, you should chat to someone. It's like, no, I'm shy. Who's shy over here? Lies, man. If you put your hand up that high, you're not shy. <laughs> but if we want to see things change, we need to be a little bit different. We need to learn how to start conversations. Can You know, I'm not asking you to run out and evangelize everybody with your biggest Bible. I'm asking, can we become the church that is known for starting conversations? That is what we do at our life groups. We have a conversation about what we do. When I meet up with people, um, I, it's, it's so funny. Uh, I was chatting to someone today. I won't mention Debbie's name. And, um, <laughs> and she goes, and while we were talking, and, and I'm like, yo, we haven't seen you for this week, that, and the other. And she goes, oh, the pastor knows. I'm like, no, it's because I, I miss having conversations with her. Because when she comes, we, she's like, Milo, when we hit this benchmark, and we have conversations. It's because that is what Jesus wants to do. He wants to have conversations with us. Us becoming Christians started with a conversation. Everything else follows that. So I want us to be known as a church that sees someone on the street, sees someone in the shop, encounters someone at work, maybe even someone in your household. And we sit down and it's like, hey, can we have a conversation? How are you doing? Where are you in life? What is going on? Who gets a text from anybody in the church? Except for, hey, yeah, I challenged you last week. It's like, when was the last time uh, we are like, when was the last time you sent me a message? It's like, Milo, when last did you send me a message? I sent you a message when your phone got stolen and you didn't tell me. Someone else answered. <laughs> Feel violated. <laughs> Conversations get us closer to Jesus, or it helps us and others encounter him. Either way, when you think about it, conversations is all about relationship. It's about getting to know people. And this is what made Jesus so opposite, is that he was willing to have a conversation. And so today I want to have a look at just a few points. The first one is like, we need to be the difference when it comes to walking in this world. If we want to be like Jesus, we need to be the difference because change comes through connecting before correcting. If you have kids, you know that for a fact. If they keep doing something wrong and you correct them nonstop, they put up a, a shell towards you. But if you have a conversation with them, and then clap them, blindside them. They were like, I didn't see that coming. I'm like, yeah, I know. Neither, no, I'm just joking. I'm sorry, babe. But have a look at this. Turn with me quickly. So conversation is what we need before we correct someone. Turn with me to Luke chapter 15, verse 1. We started in 25. But I want you to have a look at verse 1 quickly. This is what it says. Now the tax collectors and sinners, you know you, you're bad when you're like, there are sinners and tax collectors. 
Hey? My mom goes, oh, my kid and Milo. Because, like, <laughs> like, Ellie comes home and is like, oh, my baby. Hey, Milo. I'm like, wow. But you, so, so the tax collectors and sitters, sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But check, there's another group, verse 2. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. Here are two different groups. You've got the sinners, the immoral people. You've got the uh, teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the so-called moral people. You know, there's people that walk like this. And the people that walk like this. And they are just sitting there. Wanting to hear from Jesus. Both groups. But both groups don't want to mix with each other. Let me, one thing, sorry guys, if, if you are new and this is your first time listening to a part of the series, what we want to try and do is we want to create a picture so that you know exactly what was happening in that time. Think about someone that you despise. Like if you saw them in a mall, you would leave that mall. It's that bad. Have you ever, think of the apartheid era when someone looked at you that they hated you. It, it was something like that. So can we paint this picture of what it was like to be Jesus in that moment? Because we never want to read Scripture and just go, oh, that one stole that one's girl, and so now they're not talking. No, they didn't like each other. It was so bad that they were past the streets on opposite sides. So I, I wanted to paint this picture because they don't want to talk to each other. And it's kind of like that in the world today. We are so programmed to find stuff that keeps us away from each other than look for that one thing that will actually pull us closer. And if we want to make a difference in this world, we need to find what brings us closer. So what does Jesus do? He starts a conversation. And he speaks to both of them, both groups, not just to the one, because it says he spoke to them, everybody that was there listening to Jesus. And isn't it funny that he didn't use big theological words, deep teaching? I mean, like, we come to church and like, yo, Milo, you better come with that deep word today. Like, I'll try. <laughs> what does Jesus do? Let me tell you a story. You know, it's not about how deep the teaching is, it's how obedient we are to the word that he gives us. And so Jesus makes it as simple as possible, and he goes, let me tell you a story, because if I tell you a story, everybody will understand. It's really funny how we... Do you have a story? What is your story? What has Jesus done in your life? What have you seen Jesus do? What has Jesus brought you out of? It's all about a story. People want to hear stories. I mean, come on, how many of you guys enjoyed the Avengers? Marvel movies? Love movies? What's it? What's it? Uh, my wife loves love stories. Um, what are you watching? Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, how many of you guys go, who's got Netflix? Who watches Netflix? Who watches TV? Who watches movies? 
Yeah, so we all love stories. So when we encounter people, can I say, hey, what is your story? Now, don't go and go, oh, no, I don't have a story. I'm not going to talk to anybody. Just think about what Jesus has done in your life and where you are and what you are now. That's a story. And so Jesus starts telling them the story. And um, this is how it starts. It starts with, he, he kicks it off because as he's sitting there, the moral group goes, why is he here with them? And so Jesus goes, I need to respond to this. But have you noticed he doesn't respond with a comment? Because we are forced to comment on things. When people talk to us, I know, like in my family, my wife, like, she guns me and I want to comment everything. But Jesus doesn't answer with a comment. He answers with a conversation. Because conversations changes everything. We pray, Lord, change things. But are you willing to be the change? To be the difference? Are you willing to have a conversation so that things can change? And so we need to be able to tell what Jesus has done. And so we need to become the difference. What has Jesus done in your life? We had this amazing time of worship where we sang, I will worship you. And your story can start from, Lord, I worship you because of this. I am still stuck in this, but I still have my health. I still have my friends. I still have my family. I have seen what you have done before. Can you do it again? And then we get to have a conversation with someone that is going through something crazy, and we go, can we just have a conversation? We've had a lot of people in our church over the past couple of weeks go through storms, and one of the things that we said is, we're not going to criticize anything. We are just going to have a conversation. So we spoke to them, and we just had a time of chatting and talking and talking them through things, and we saw things change because it starts off with a criticism, but it continues with a conversation. Can we be that different? Because what Jesus is showing us here is that um, open arms, open hearts. When we open our arms to people instead of closing them, it will open their hearts so that we can have a conversation with him. You see, Jesus is building up to something. He's having a conversation with these two groups, and they don't like each other. And Jesus is going, you know what? I'm all about relationships, so I want to bring you together. Because not only do conversations change us, but so does relationship. When I went into a relationship with Ali, a lot of things in my life changed. When I got into a relationship with Jesus, a lot of things in my life changed. When I got a dog, oh my gosh, things changed. And then I had kids. It changes. As we open our arms and we start relationships with people, it changes hearts. Because open arms open hearts. I don't care where you put the comma in that phrase. But think about this. You open your arms, you will open hearts. So Jesus talks to them about three parables. The first one, he talks about a sheep that goes missing. And he doesn't say, we're going to bribe this chop afterwards. He goes, no, we run after this thing. And what he is pointing out here is that I am so into lost things. I care about lost things. And he paints this whole picture of him leaving 
what he has to go and get what is lost. Then he talks about a coin that gets lost. And he goes, there is value in what is lost. If you run away, he will run after you because he places so much value on you. This morning I was sharing um, with our team and I was telling them, we've got to put on the full armor of God because he's going to come and tell you, Satan is going to come and tell you, you are not worth anything. You don't mount up to anything. You suck. Do you really think you're pretty? Do you really think someone cares? And we put on the whole armor of God so we can stand against what comes. Because Jesus is showing us over here in this story that no matter who you are, I'm coming after you because you have so much value. And this is why he has conversations with people. And then he starts the story with the third parable. And I love this. If you look at the sheep, it looks at the sinners. If you look at the coin, it looks at the sinners. But he goes, wait, I don't think they get it. Let's do an, a third story. And he talks about two brothers. Because he's like, I have to be able to talk to both of you with one story. And so he starts off with the prodigal son and who goes, you know what? Dad, give me what is mine. Check this out. Verse 11 of chapter 15, it says, And Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now, we always look at that and go, This is just the prodigal son. He went to his dad. He asked his dad for what he wanted and what, he, what should be his, and his dad gives it to him, and the prodigal son runs off and squanders everything. But Jesus is once again speaking to both groups. Because it's not just about the son who runs away. It's also about the older son that stays. Lost doesn't mean that you've just moved away. Lost can also mean my heart is not good at this moment. Because I can tell you, you can walk into a crowded room and still feel alone. The same we can walk into church and not have a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus goes, but hold on. I'm talking to both groups here. Those that spend time in the church and those that haven't. Because if you look at that passage with which we both read, he said, he divided his property between them. Because at that moment... Both of them got what they deserved. When the father split it, he's like, there's yours, and hey, son, here's yours. But we seem to only focus on the youngest son. And they both got something that day, but they also missed something that moment as well because they didn't understand the power of relationship at that point in time. That no matter who you are, when you come to your father, he's going to give you what you ask for. That he loves you despite everything. And so Jesus is talking to these two groups. And he goes to the sinners, you guys are the son that ran away. 
But then he looks at the Pharisees and he goes, come on, guys, get this. You're like the oldest son who was trying to work for approval. You see, they stayed. And this is what religion does. It's like, I've done this. I'm not like them. I follow these rules. I do these things so that I can strive to get into a position where my dad will love me. But the father goes, that's not relationship. Jesus is going, guys, that is not relationship. I love how the dad responds to the son in verse 31. He goes, my son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. My daughter has got this issue. I think it's a problem. Whenever she comes home and she needs to go to the toilet, she comes and asks, can I go to the toilet? I'm like, no, you may not go to the toilet. And my wife goes, but why? I'm like, why is she asking? If she's asking, I can say no. It is her house where my sons, they don't care. It's like, oh, I'm going to the toilet, Becky. You didn't ask. You can't go. And, and they go to the toilet. Because that is relationship. It's mine, what my dad has. And my kids really believe what's my dad is mine because we have steak the previous evening that I'm leaving for lunch tomorrow. And then they go in and Rebecca goes, can I have this? But meanwhile, she has taken a bite out of it. And it's like, no one wants it. I'm like, but it's mine. She's like, okay, I'll have it. (laughs) Then why are you still asking me to go to the toilet? You see, they didn't understand relationship, especially the son. Because the dad gave the son what, he wa- what, he, what was his, and he still stayed here, which means everything that is my dad's is mine. And that is what Jesus is trying to show both these groups, the sinners, those that think they are moral, is that whether you run away or your heart isn't right, Jesus isn't mad with you. He is madly in love with you. So you can go and point fingers, but Jesus is going, can we have a conversation? Because I'm here so that everyone that is lost can find their way to the Father. Because see how he approaches both sons. The younger son comes back, and what does the father do? He runs to him, throws his arms over him, and when the oldest son is a little bit upset, the father pursues him. The father doesn't sit there and go, oh, well, you know, he used the toilet outside then. That's not what the dad says. You know, we, we have that mentality. It's like, oh, he left me. He better come back. But if we want to be like Jesus, can we go, can we open our arms so we can open hearts? Because the youngest son comes back and goes, dad, I will be a servant where the oldest one is standing there and is like, Dad, in your eyes, I am a servant. And he goes, wait, let me, let me run to you and open my arms and remind you, you're my son. Let me run after and pursue my oldest and tell you, you're not a servant, you're my son. Because open arms, open hearts, and the only way we can open hearts is if we are willing to have a conversation with people. That is what made Jesus so different. So can I ask, this week, this year, as we pursue more, this is our year for more. God can do exceptionally more than all you could dream, ask, 
imagine this is the message and every other translation mashed in together. What do you want? Jesus can do more than that. But in order for him to do that, are you willing to have a conversation? Sometimes the conversation is about, hey, how are you doing? But maybe some of us need to have a conversation. It's like, I need to know more about Jesus. And I want you guys to have a look around you quickly. Quickly, look at them, look at them, take a snapshot. So drop your mask so you know, like, if this ninja sneaks up on me, I know where you were. <laughs> your people sitting here, they will go, hey, I'll pray with you. Let's have a conversation first. Your people sitting here is going, I need prayer. Find someone to have a conversation with. Church doesn't end after this message. We're going to go have coffee. I've given you what God has told us. Now go put it into practice. Go have a conversation with someone. We fellowship. That is what church is. We have conversations. There are so many new people here. I don't know if you're new or if you've just taken off your mask. <laughs> but can I ask, you, you might go up to someone and like, hey, you're new. No, I sat next to you last week. <laughs> have a conversation with them. Get to know them. Hey, guys, that is Sarmon. He's single. Um, <laughs> have a conversation with him. Sorry, I'm going to... One day, we're going to have a wedding, dude. And people are going to come across the road. It's like, what party is here? <laughs> so, man, i got so much more, but let's, let's do this. All Jesus wants in this moment, as he sits there with two different groups, is for both of them to realize that all I desire from each and every one of you is a relationship. I will have a conversation with you, let you know that my arms are always open so that we can change your heart and change the way you think. So this week, this afternoon, let's go and have conversations. Maybe God has been pushing on your heart to have a conversation with someone already, and you're just delaying it. You don't have to know your Bible inside out. You need to know who you are in Christ and go have a conversation. If you don't know who you are in Christ, maybe that's a conversation you need to have with someone. Come find us. Let's talk. But let's chat. Let's walk a road. Let's be different. Because when we're opposite, it attracts people. We want to see change. We need to be like Jesus. Can we pray?